It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live uh, from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching or listening. Yes, for the live viewers waiting and pounding on their uh, keyboards, wondering where the hell we are. Late start this morning because of uh, some system updates. You know, we've become so smart that we're stupid. You know, everything is happening automatically and... Well, it happened to me this morning. So anyway, today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328. Uh, two, 912-268-2328. I think that's his number. Uh, today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet. It's available right now where all good books are sold. You can literally get a copy of it while you're watching the show right now. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Looking to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. Just visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the book and follow the directions. Um, coming up on the show uh, a little bit later, we got Dax Khan. Uh, he'll be uh, joining us with some thoughts. Um, he, here's the thing. Today, I, you know, yesterday uh, we were back from uh, being uh, away for a little bit. And today, uh, my main topic, and, and for all the YouTubers out there, I know you guys missed the first portion of the show yesterday, but you can thank YouTube for that. Um, but uh, the bottom line is this. You know, I, a lot of stuff has happened over the last week. One major issue was that Vladimir Klitschko decided to, to retire, which uh, I agree with. I, I thought that, you know, he's been there, done that, accomplished everything he needed to accomplish uh, in the sport of boxing, dominated the heavyweight division for almost a decade, and, uh, hey, age finally met up with him. Father time has, is undefeated, and, uh, you know, we, as boxing fans, got treated to a great event between Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko, uh, pretty much, uh, I, I think it. I think it really turned the sport around. To be honest with you, uh, because you know what they say: as goes the heavyweight division, so goes boxing. And then we were waiting, and it was almost a done deal that the fight was going to happen. A rematch. Uh, Vladimir Klitschko had that uh, in the uh, contract, and he decided uh, late last week that he was going to just stay retired. Uh, therefore, Anthony Joshua can now uh, fight uh, whoever. And immediately upon um, Vladimir Klitschko's retirement, the WBA, which is one of the belts that uh, Anthony Joshua holds, ordered him to fight 
Luis Ortiz, who's been waiting around as the mandatory title challenger. Now, Ortiz was associated with possibly fighting Deontay Wilder a month or so ago. Uh, you remember Deontay Wilder. He's the guy who pounds his chest, says he's the best, and hasn't fought anybody yet. Um, and then you have the IBF, who uh, is possibly uh, forcing uh, Anthony Joshua to take on uh, Kubat Pulov, who also has been patiently waiting for his shot. Here lies the problem with all these friggin' sanctioning bodies. You know, a sanctioning body orders a fighter to fight so-and-so, their number one challenger, who may not be the best fighter available in our eyes, the boxing fans, but the fighter has to fight this slug because, and I'm not referring to either of these two, but I'm just uh, in general, they have to fight the guy in order to keep the belt or give up the belt. Then you have this plethora of fighters fighting for the belt, etc. Well, lo and behold, along comes Deontay Wilder claiming that he wants to fight Anthony Joshua, calling him out, calling him out. And I say this, Anthony Joshua is the guy that Deontay Wilder should fight. I say Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder now to close out 2017 is the fight that we need. Not only is it the fight that we want to watch as boxing fans, it's clearly the fight that we want to see. There's no question about it. Deontay Wilder could prove a lot of stuff in this fight uh, should he uh, perform well or even win. And Anthony Joshua would separate himself from the rest of the pack. I say that it's critical that we have that fight, Anthony Joshua uh, versus uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, sooner than later. Joining me right now uh, from uh, beautiful uh, St. Simons Island in the state of Georgia is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, I know we've talked about this many, many times. What's your thoughts, man? Is this fight ready to roll now or what? Is it still brewing or cooking? What do they say? Do, do you follow the sport? Do you follow the sport at all? I'm starting to. You know, it's very intriguing. I thought, you know, when last time I followed, they were fighting with these gloves. I think they're called castanets. They actually had... You know, this leather-bound, studded, you know, it was unbelievable. But that's the last time Rip Van Winkle saw those fights. I'm teasing. Hey, listen, that's a great fight. I do have some questions. Being retired as a fighter and coming back, did Vladimir Klitschko say any statement at this time why he changed his mind to not execute his uh, rematch clause? Because I, 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 I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt him one day, but... Uh, I'm just curious because that's a big thing to walk away from twenty million dollars in a rematch. What has he got left? The, what has he got left to prove? I mean, no, I mean, I mean. First of all, the guy has I, made in, in his career. He's made in, in his career. He's made close to four hundred million dollars. All right. He's he's a smart guy. He has set he up. He, you know, he's he's got the promotional company tied uh, uh, with uh, with his partners and stuff. And you know, I, I mean, the guy. He's not stupid. He he hasn't done the stupid stuff. You don't see him no. buying $20,000 pads of sneakers and gambling a million dollars here and there. We don't see him doing that stupid, ignorant stuff with his money. No, he comes from you a know, different culture. Uh, he, he is an accomplished guy. And, 
You know, I, I just uh, I was looking forward to the rematch. And, you know, the bottom line is if he thinks it's time to, to hang him up, by all means. I mean, he has climbed to the mountains, been there, and he's done that. So, you know, he's got nothing really else to prove. Exactly. And, uh, he's got I nothing agree with to him. Prove. I'm just wondering if he had any statements. Well, his statement was he's going to decide to stay with uh, his gorgeous wife and, and his new kid. You know, I mean, there I mean, go. listen, when, when, right when you have when That's you have when you make so much money. And you're you have that much money, how much more do you need? You know I, the problem with True. these athletes when they get to that level. You know, you and I may look at a thousand dollars as a lot of money, and they're cashing checks really? for a million dollars. <laughs> you know, and, and and just the way we say, well, a thousand's not enough. We need more. Well, that's what happens with it. The mentality of people that are make. Not that I know this firsthand, but I'm assuming, you know, people that make a million dollars look at the same way. Well, I need another million. You know, we're never satisfied as human beings. Maybe Klitschko is smarter than the rest and says, hey, how much more money do I need? I I know for one thing for sure, Sal, if you gave me a check for a million dollars right now, a good check, um, I I don't know. I'm confident that I could live the rest of my life without worrying. I would not change anything. And I would live the rest of my life enjoying life, you know. And maybe that's what Vladimir Klitschko decided. Because if you remember, Sal, as soon as the fight was over, all you guys wanted to see the rematch. And I said, why? What's the point? You know, Anthony Joshua, it wasn't, if this fight ended on a, on a, a controversial note where uh, the decision was, was, we all scratched our heads and, and said, what are you talking about? You know, but it didn't. It ended yeah. as a knockout. You know, it, it case closed. There's no controversy there. And I, I agree with Vladimir Klitschko in this particular case. Now, as we move forward, Deontay Wilder, who's been pounding his chest, Sal, we talk about this all the time. He pounds his chest like, yeah. you know, he's the best. Nobody wants to fight him. Everybody's afraid of him. And, and the truth of the matter is when you dissect his resume, the only name that you could give him credit for really well i do give him credit for a tour spitz guy i i i thought that that was a a good win against a a, a fighter probably better than stavern but the truth of the matter is is stavern's the biggest name on his resume and now he so-called uh supposedly has called out anthony joshua i say let's make that fight let's make the fight because that fight could really you you yourself sal have been talking about 2017 being a great year for boxing how much reboot year yep well how much better could it be if we close it with that fight billy you have hit it on the head that's the definitive fight that is the only fight that i would really care to see in heavyweight division for the championship right now and uh you know with vlad out of the picture uh i think the deontay wilder anthony joshua is a natural is the most recognized fight and the most demanded fight that I think good fight fans would want to see before the end of this year. And I agree. And you know what? I know I'm a, I love Anthony Joshua. He shows it all, but you know what? I, it's not going to be uh, a layup for him. I think Deontay Wilder, like I said yesterday, here's a guy, he's pounding his chest. He's doing what he believes he can do. And you know, maybe this time when he he can rise to the occasion and he can put up a good fight. And he's got those those long arms, that boxing skill, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to have to boil down to the chin and some defense, and we'll see what happens. Well, but know, I'm excited, man. It's the greatest fight of this year, maybe. 
Second. Well, here, here, you know, Anthony, I mean, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder said, uh, you know, he's officially calling out Joshua uh, and basically says, I don't, and this is, you know, this is how I love the way these guys speak. You know, I, I, I think it's English, but he says, uh, uh, I don't want to hear nothing about no mandatory or sanctioning bodies. Uh, I want to make the fight. Let's make it happen. Um, you know, I, I, listen, the, the truth of the matter is, is, I believe, and I and I'm not I'm not I'm not BSing here, Sal. I believe not that I do, but I I believe that Deontay Wilder, in his mind, believes he's the best heavyweight out there. I do too, and and I and, and I respect him for that. I I, I do because the, the first thing in in becoming successful as a fighter, you got to have confidence, and and you got to have the willingness to step in there with anybody. And I truly believe that Deontay Wilder has it. Um, I also truly believe that his team knows it ain't true. And his team is trying to to squeeze Deontay Wilder for every nickel they can. And the way to do that is the path that he's been on. And like we've all said many times, you know, a lot of us know that he hasn't really fought anybody. Although he looked good against Deverne, he did uh, demonstrate that he can use a jab and and, and use distance correctly. Uh, he he used his feet. I mean, he, he looked good in that fight. Uh, never looked as good again against anyone else because he's always headhunted. I think that they should make this fight. I would be shocked if the IBF and the WBA gave them any problems. And if they do, Sal, as a fighter... A guy, now I'm talking about Anthony Joshua, a fighter who's accomplished what he has in the short period of time that he has and holding the belts that, that he has. I'm saying a lot of hases today. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of hases. There's a lot of hases and a lot of has yeah, A lot of has or hazmat. You know, but uh, but the, as long as it's not a hazmat. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is... will travel. The truth of the matter is, is I think that this fight is so important to boxing. And I also believe that the true boxing fans know that the belts doesn't, they, they don't mean shit. The truth of the matter is, is the two top heavyweights right now, and we could sprinkle in Luis Ortiz, we could sprinkle in Joseph Parker, you know, I, I, we could mention those guys' names, but the truth of the matter is, the two top dogs in the division, whether you think they're qualified or not, right now, as of the retirement of Vladimir Klitschko, is clearly Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. So even if the IBF, which I think would lose their own credibility, and the WBA, which has no credibility, um, to strip Anthony Joshua if he chooses to take on Deontay Wilder, I say make the fight. I say that that fight is worth it and worth it now. What's your thoughts? I agree with you 100%. You know what? We, we've been talking about it, and we, uh, we've we seen each fighter uh, come up and, and be tested where they can. But right now, they are self-proclaimed in the status and in a, uh, in the position to re be recognized as the best fighter, the best heavyweight champion out there. So which, way to, which better way to eliminate that and have no questions is to have these two combatants meet in a squared circle and duke it out for 12 rounds. I wish it was 15, but hey, let's do 12-round heavyweight championship of the world, and I would love to see that fight. And hopefully we'll see it before the end of the year. Well, let me put my business hat on. 
I want to see your business hat. My, my business hat is on. Now, there you go. if I'm Deontay Wilder's team, you know, I look at this two ways. Number one, they're trying. If if my assumption is right, they're trying to cash out, and you know they um, they they they're trying to get as much money as they possibly can. All right. Um, so with that said, with that said, they meaning Deontay Wilder by going right to Anthony Joshua could get them uh, the most money for his next fight. You follow me? Well, I do, and it's very careful what you're saying. Okay, okay, it's wait, the, wait. Just I, I just want you to understand. So, so yes. if he chooses Deon, if Deontay Wilder's team says, "Okay, we'll fight Anthony Joshua," and assuming they, you know, come in realistically with a, with a price tag, and the fight is made, and presumably it would be made in England because that's where I would I would have it. I mean, they could fill a ninety thousand just like Klitschko. I'm sure they could fill a ninety thousand seat arena. Have it on pay per view here, etc., etc., etc. There's a lot of money to be made for for both fighters. Now, with that said, Sal, the guy in the driver's seat at this stage is Anthony Joshua. Okay. However, Deontay Wilder's team could look at it in another way. They could say, "Well, listen." We could fight Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz has been out of the ring. Uh, he's older. A lot of people think he's slow. I, I personally think Luis Ortiz is, is an extremely dangerous opponent for either one of these guys, Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua. But let's just follow the bouncing boxing glove here. If Team Wilder says, okay, you know, it's time for Wilder to put up or shut up, if they took the Ortiz fight first, they are not going to make the money that they could make by going directly to Anthony Joshua. But assuming they could squeak out a victory, Sal, then who's in the driver's seat? Now Deontay Wilder could really conceivably say, wait a minute, I'm the real guy. I beat uh, 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 Luis Ortiz. I'm the WBC champion. You come over here to the States and fight me in, in Vegas or wherever. You know, uh, Alabama, for that matter. Uh, not that uh, I could never see that happening. <laughs> no disrespect yeah, to Alabama, but come on. You know. easy, uh, easy I'm, a, hey, I'm a Crimson Tide fan, but still, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is you know, from a business point, it's a tough decision. Because, you know, Anthony Joshua, if they're thinking cash out, that's the fight. If they're thinking our guy is better than Billy C thinks, let's fight and beat Luis Ortiz, then negotiate a fight with Anthony Joshua. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are this. As we saw not too long ago, a guy that should have made his comeback and his whole sole purpose for a comeback for the rematch against Floyd Mayweather was Manny Pacquiao. And he did the side steps, did the secondary, tertiary, went around about, and that fight will never happen now because he lost to Jeff Horn. And my idea right now, if we were to see Deontay Wilder go into a fight with Luis Ortiz before the Anthony Joshua fight, you know, there's no guarantee there. Like you said, Luis Ortiz is a very dangerous opponent, and uh, there's no guarantee win there. So I, I would say let's direct, go straight to the top, 
and bypass and ma- maximize the the revenue you can and uh, go for the heavyweight uh, battle between Anthony Joshua and um, and Deontay Wilder. That's the fight that I would take if I was in his seat. And as you said, you know, it's it's a, it's it's a big money fight. And you know what? You probably would see it at either one of the three places over in London. Uh, or Vegas, because uh, Joshua wants to be showcased in Vegas. I know he's dying to. I don't know if this would be the fight he'd want to do it, but uh, or even Barclay. But uh, I think uh, I think Vegas or or, or uh, London would be the best place. Yeah, and well, I want to see this fight. I think that's the, that would be my strategy here. I I think they could bypass Luis Ortiz, and you know what? If Ortiz is is uh, is going to be uh, hanging around enough uh, after these guys are. Uh, are dubbed one of these guys uh, dubbed the champion, then Luis Ortiz could be the first or next opponent for them to defend their title. Well, you got you know, and then with all due respect, Cuba Pulov has has yeah. you know he's in the mix. Um, he's in the mix. You know, Luis Ortiz in the mix. I mean, I you know these guys, uh, and now now you have uh, that that there was an IBF eliminator. You know, um, I, look, the 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 trick here, if if if. Everybody knows I'm not a Floyd Mayweather fan, all right? But if you follow the success, and I'm not saying the same success because I'm the first one to say that, you know, there's only one Floyd, and all these fighters that are trying to copy Cat, you know, Floyd's uh, path to where he is today in terms of financial uh, situation, uh, obviously not the IRS part, but uh, the rest of it, um, you know, know, his plan worked for him. But if you take a piece of that out and you say to yourself, okay, where can I make the most money for the least amount of work slash risk? And although both of those fights, and I say both for Deontay Wilder, uh, Anthony Joshua, Luis Ortiz, one is a quick big money maker. He clearly can make more money against Anthony Joshua in his next fight out. And you know this business, Sal. Any yes, fight could be your last. Any fight. You could, you, yeah, you could go exactly. in and Yeah, you could go into you can go into the gym and, and spar a, a guy that was brought in just to help you work on uh defense and next thing you know you take a shot that ends your career in, in the gym. You know, you don't even or get paid or for you it. tear a rotator cuff like I did. Right. And but, you you're back a year or two or you're retired. That's right. It. I mean, you know, it's you the know? nature of the beast. You know, so I I mean so so you look at it like that. And yes, you could if if you have a lot of faith and you have a talented fighter, you could say, okay, well, you know, if we roll the dice here, we take a fighter like Luis Ortiz, we beat him. Now, you know, instead of making three, five million dollars, maybe we make ten or fifteen to fight Anthony Joshua. It's a huge risk, but a huge reward. Um, but I think I'm with you. I think that, and I said it at the beginning, I think that the smart move for Deontay. Because an Ortiz fight might be there anyway. He might be able to get Ortiz. If he loses to Anthony Joshua, it's not going to be the end of the career of Deontay Wilder. And he could learn a lot from fighting Joshua. And listen, let's face it. If he beats Anthony Joshua, the guy is clearly clearly the best heavyweight out there. Because in my opinion, Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight on the planet right now. So, you know. It's uh, it's a tough decision, but in either way, I think the fight has to be made. I think that Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, should not only be made; it should be made for the end of this year. I really, I, I really believe that. And the argument on Deontay Wilder's side, Sal, is going to be, oh, he's been out. 
He had the injury. He's been out. You know, uh, he's going to need a tune-up fight, so they're going to feed him a, a, another guy. I remember my prediction was his next opponent was going to be Adam Kowznowski, you know, but uh, and, and he's not even a, 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 an easy fight because he takes such a beating. But, uh, but I say make Deontay Wilder uh, fight uh, Anthony Joshua now in England. And by the way, just to comment on your comment, I think the fight should clearly be in England. England has carried boxing on its back. You know, yes, I'm an American, but let's call a, a spade a spade. England is where all of the best matches are happening. Um, the fighters fight each other. It's a different mindset over there. And I, I'll be, I tell you the truth, Sal, I wish we could do this show for at least a week uh, out in England. I, I would just love to be able to to interact with the, the, the English uh, boxing fans because oh, they're me too. so... I would love to. They're so passionate, right? I would, they, they are. Bill, that would be one of our dreams come true, to get out there and to do that and have a few pints of beer with Johnson and the crew. That would be fantastic. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this fight. And you know what Deontay Wilder also has, what these guys could both have in their favor and why it makes a monetary sense as well? There's what? always that what, rematch Sal? clause. I mean, what? they could parlay a rematch. Aside from a fight going past three rounds, uh, whatever happens in this first fight, if they do make it, you know, a rematch clause is going to guarantee them another $10 million or whatever. So I think it's a smart move for Deontay Wilder's camp to make that fight. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And you know something? Um, one thing that, uh, one thing that, that I left out um, is this, and it's something we saw with the Klitschko brothers. The Klitschko brothers dominated the heavyweight division for all those years. And I, I used to say this when, you know, for, for anybody new to this show, we've been doing this show 14, we're in our 14th year. And back when the Klitschko brothers were controlling the heavyweight division, I pointed out that they both had developed very well, I should add, uh, proficiency in punching and delivering their punches to, to fighters that were smaller than them because they had such a big size advantage. But over the last several years, that's changed. We've seen a lot of bigger guys coming in. Anthony sure Josh is one of them. You know, and when Klitschko fought Tyson Fury, it was really the first time that he was fighting a guy that was actually bigger than him. And it kind of changed them. And, you know, now all of a sudden they got to fight the way you're supposed to fight. You know, deliver punches the way you're supposed to deliver punches. Assuming that the guy you're fighting, unless you're a Charlo brother, is around the same size as you. You know, um, so, you know, I think that that's going to be an issue that Deontay Wilder has never experienced yet, Sal. Now, Anthony Joshua has because he fought Klitschko. But Deontay Wilder has never fought a guy the same size as him and you know he's uh seemingly bigger maybe not girth and weight but but mm -hmm. you know arm reach and height so that's going to be an obstacle for him right out of the gate and it would be interesting to see how he deals with that i agree with you 100 percent. and let me ask you how big was washington when he fought him Washington, I think, is six foot four or six foot five. Just okay. a little. He's just a so little. Not guy. just short of he's him, just... but uh, but I'll, I'll tell you why, Bill. That's so big because, like I said, my whole career, uh, amateur wise and everything else, I was used to fighting. I remember when I fought Sean Doyle with the United States boxing team. Sean Doyle was a European Dublin champ, and and this was an internet my first international boxing bout. And Sean Doyle was about six foot two, and and I. 
I was happy when I saw how tall he was because I was always fighting taller, thinner guys. And it was just my style was so tailored to work inside to get those slip inside and bang the body. And and when I would fight after learning how to fight tall guys, the first time I fought a shorter guy, it was like, well, wait a minute. This is a little different. And And you know what? So I know what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'll tell you what, when they're on the same level, same plateau, height and reach and all that, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how both these fighters duke it out. Yeah, you know, and, and the other thing too, Sal, is that, you know, especially for guys like you and I, I mean, I, that's why I was saying to kidding, you know, oh, what, Washington? Yeah, he's only six foot. He's a little guy. You know? <laughs> he's a, he's he's a monster compared eight. to us. You know, but but could you imagine being a guy like Anthony Joshua or, or, or Deontay Wilder who – you know, stand six foot seven. You know, uh, or or even Tyson Fury, who's taller than that, six foot eight. You know, and, and you got these guys that are walking around. You know, and and ha there's not many opposition. There's not many opponents yeah. that are the same size. You know, so when the Klitschko brother, you if you go back and watch the tapes, you'll see that the Klitschko brothers learned how to punch downward. Their power, it yes. took them a while to yes. learn how to punch down in order to deliver those punches. Then all of a sudden, they're fighting guys the same size, and they had a reboot, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, when you're 40 years old, and maybe that was some of the issues. I mean, listen, Klitschko put on a great performance against Anthony Joshua. I think that Father Time uh, beat Klitschko. And Father Time helped Anthony Joshua. And what I mean by that is because Anthony Joshua was so young, he was able to recover from what I thought was the end of the fight and whatever that was, the fourth or fifth oh, round, whatever that was. Good. You know, and how he came back from that, only youth can do that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, an aging fighter's not. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, Sal, let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have Dax Khan join us. And he's All got right. some thoughts on uh, today's topic as well. Now, for everybody out there, uh, yes, we have some emails to read. However, uh, because of uh, the update that took place uh, earlier, uh, we will read. I have one I'm going to definitely get to. And then the rest of them uh, I will read tomorrow. So if you sent in uh, an email that we did not, that we don't get to today, uh, we will get to it either tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I promise. So uh, anyway, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to have Dax Khan on. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching, I think, the Billy C. Show. Glad to be with us. And uh, word of uh, advice to you guys, uh, YouTube just shit the bed. So I'm pretty fucking pissed about that. But hey, what are you going to do? You know, we're going to keep going with the show. We are on Facebook Live. So if you're watching or listening someplace else, come on over to our Facebook. Uh, we do, uh, unfortunately, you're not going to see them. But uh, joining me right now uh, is uh, with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola is my man uh, Dax Khan. First and foremost, Dax. 
Happy birthday, kid. Ah, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Finally hit 30, huh? 30, yeah. Another, another seven years, I'll be 30. <laughs> there you go. The, oh, whoa, hey. Hey, listen. You know how we say that in Italian? Buon, uh, happy birthday would be buon compleanno a te. Happy birthday to you, Dex. Yeah, well, if you meant it, you know, I had to hear somebody on the phone now, South Pie guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Dax, we've been talking uh, a lot about uh, uh, the uh, uh, Deontay Wilder and um, uh, Anthony Joshua situation. And I'm just curious to get uh, your thoughts on that. You know, uh, Sal and I have been talking uh, about the fight. Not only is it a fight that we feel we need, uh, but uh, but I think we should it should happen sooner uh, than later. What's your thoughts? Well, well, you know, you mentioned something that, that was key a little bit earlier about how England and the UK has kind of car- you know has carried boxing on his back for you know the last however many years. You know, over this weekend there was a, a debate, and somebody on social media tried telling me about how. Um, and, uh, Deontay Wilder is, you know, this big, huge star, and his fight against Gerald Washington was huge because it drew in twelve thousand fans and had one point eight million views. So, you know, why are you going to go over there and take that fight when you can stay here and fight four or five safe opponents, and you can continue to have this fan base, and you continue to make, you know, these these. Uh, Hefty paydays, not the type of payday you would have against an Anthony Joshua, but a hefty payday. Um, he's turned down now. You know, it, it started out as $3 million to face Dillian White. Then it went to $3.5 million, and then it went to $4 million. And you know, um, he's turned it down, and those would be the highest paydays of his career. But, um, you know, going into that, what would happen is he would have had to go on over to the U.K. Eddie Hearn. Uh, comes out recently, and Eddie Hearn, you know, says, uh, who have you fought, Deontay? He really, you know, more or less, you know, did a video call-out on him that's circulating around. You know, who have you fought? He's telling why don't you come over here? Uh, you and me spoke yesterday. The WBA and the IBF aren't quick to sanction this fight between Wilder and Joshua, but Wilder against Adillian White, if that took place over in the UK, the demand between the American fans and the fans over there, that would create uh, pressure on these two sanctioning bodies to sanction that fight. But I remember Roy Jones Jr., and a lot of people, they, they laugh at me and they question me on this and they tell me this never happened, but you can go back and can watch the fight yourself. Bernard Hopkins versus Joe Calzacchi when Roy Jones Jr. wanted the winner of that fight. And he was saying he was hoping it was Joe Calzacchi. And he was asked by Jim Lampley, well, why didn't you want that fight when you guys were both the champions in the same weight class? And Roy Jones Jr. said, I'll be honest, I had too much to lose at that point in time. And meaning that, you know what, if I would have went over there and I'd have lost to Joe Calzacchi, then you know what, when I came back, back here i would have not had any marketability or drawing power and the same thing with deontay wilder so more or less this is a business decision rather than anything else but it's a bad uh, business decision because even right now if you're the number two heavyweight in the world that's still you know big business in, in a division that's being rebuilt when a guy like vladimir klitschko had just left yeah but i mean the thing is is the baton clearly was passed dax and, you know, AJ has got it. Deontay Wilder's been pounding his chest saying he's the best. Now, as far as your point about, and, and that's why I think that he's got to fight um, AJ, I, I believe. 
Uh, now, as far as Dillian White, you know, as much as that's a lot of money and it, and it would be a worthwhile fight for Deontay Wilder because Dillian White is still a work in progress. And, and in my opinion, he's one-dimensional. And I think Deontay Wilder could prepare for him and, and uh, cash the check, so to speak. But it doesn't, it doesn't make as much financial sense if he just went and fought AJ. AJ brings him a huge payday, uh, maybe $10 million, I would think. You know, I mean, he's got to be able to get $10 million. Ortiz might get him five, you know. Uh, what does Dillian White get him, three or four? Ah, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe that's worth it. It's an easier fight. It's still the highest payday of his career, but you know something? We have this word that's become used among boxing fans, and a lot of them don't understand what it even means when they say it. And Oscar De La Hoya is primarily responsible for this word called marinating. And what Eddie Hearn is doing here, Eddie Hearn is more or less sacrificing Dillian White over to Deontay Wilder to marinate Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. And all Deontay Wilder has to do is collect this career-high payday, and then you know what? More than likely, he's going to beat Dillian White for the reasons that you mentioned. And now the Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder fight has suddenly skyrocketed. It has marinated. But meanwhile, we're not just sitting there dragging this out. You're fighting who might be the best opponent of your career and you're raising your stock overall. And even if there's some time in between that fight with Anthony Joshua, you have already brought yourself to that next level in terms of payday and in terms of people that want to view you, not only here, but now all of a sudden you have people from the other side of the ocean and in Europe that want to see you only because they want to exactly gauge on what type of fight you're going to do against Anthony Joshua, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it's all about dollars, not cents. And I, I think that, you know, I think that they're looking to make the most money they can. Any of those fights are risky for Deontay. Maybe Deontay Wilder doesn't think that, but the rest of the world that, you know, watches talent level, they, they look at any heavyweight, even a guy like Dillian White, is a guy that poses some type of risk for, for Deontay Wilder. And I, I don't know, as much as I think that he's not what he says he is, if I'm his management, I push for um, I push for the fight with AJ because of the financial gain. The only other interested fight I would say, and it's just as much of a gamble as the Dillian White, would be the Ortiz fight. And I think that if Deontay Wilder beat uh, Luis Ortiz, his bargaining power would rise. If he beats Dillian White, how much more does his bargaining power rise against AJ? It rises a lot because right now what you'll have what you'll have is you'll have the UK fans that want to see this fight even more. Understand these numbers, okay? Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao so far to date was the biggest fight in boxing history financially and view-wise. But Vladimir Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua hasn't had 20 fights yet. Broke that pay-per-view record over there. In Germany alone, that fight had over 10 million views. In the United States, it had almost 2 million views, which is actually 
equal to or more than any of Deontay Wilder's fights. And that's not including the rest of the world. So then when you carry and you factor all that in, we're talking about 20, 30, 40, 50 million views as long as we have a couple performances and it gets around to everywhere. The United States and a lot of the fighters here, Bill, Sal, I think the biggest problem is, and a lot of the fans is, they think that boxing is the United States and that's not how it works. It's worldwide and a lot more money can be made if you have worldwide demand rather than just local demand and that's why a lot of these fighters today who appear to be superstars aren't the superstars that people think they are only a Mayweather or a Pacquiao or a Klitschko or in the past a Lennox Lewis or a Tyson and so on who have fought in other places and exposed themselves that's what a superstar is because when you have worldwide demand especially now with the internet and social media all of a sudden your pay raise your pay scale goes 20 30 40 50 times above I don't know, Sal. I mean, uh, what do you think? I, because my thought is, is that I I agree with your point about getting the fight. Your point, Dax. I agree with your point about getting the fight into the households and, and before all those sets of eyes. But at the end of the day, I, I you know, it comes down to, to risk, you know, and like Sal and I were talking about, um, you know, Dillian White is, is a risk. Uh, Ortiz is a risk, you know. I mean... He doesn't lose anything, but if he went right to AJ and loses the fight, he still has Dillian White and, and Ortiz and, and, you know, other fighters, Cuba Pulov if he wanted. I mean, there's other fights to get him back up on the horse. I don't know. Is what Dax is saying make sense to you, uh, Sal, or, or along the lines of what we were talking about before, uh, before Dax came up? Well, I, I think Dax makes some good, valid points, and... Uh, Definitely, you know, you know, it's like, what is the most critical thing that we need or fighters need to to uh, to develop and to do ultimately in their career is to go for the championship belt and to get the most money. All right. Deontay Wilder already has his championship belt and the most money right now is Anthony Joshua. But Dax does make some neat points, and uh, yeah, if he did some uh, uh, preliminary fights before the Anthony Joshua, that might help with marketing and things like that, and his his uh, value go up and things. But the bottom line is, I I I'm sorry. I think from a business standpoint and a logical standpoint, and not taking those unnecessary risks, if he has the opportunity. To fight Anthony Joshua, even on Anthony Joshua's terms right now, I think he could parlay that with a rematch clause in that contract to, number one, get two paydays out of this, whether he wins, loses, or draws. Number two, as you were suggesting, Bill, he will still have the opportunity after two fights with Anthony Joshua to fight anybody over here. So you're looking of all this taking place in the next year and a half, two years, and he'll maximize at least $25 million right there. And I think that's a pretty damn good purse size uh, to recoup to, uh, to maximize what you're going to do over the next two years and not guarantee what you're going to be able to do next week. So I, I think that's a smart move. This is true, and I have to agree with that. But also what we're talking about is a unification fight, and nowadays belts are almost disposable. For yeah. some people, 
Uh, but, you know, the belt is what draws. But now, you know, the heavyweight championship, even in, in a, a dull era, is always the most prized. Um, also, you know what? In the heavyweight division, more than any division, you can be knocked out at any point in time. You can be knocked out against Joe Schmo, who just got done literally driving his cab because, you know, you're getting caught by a guy with 250, 260 pounds behind him. You know, it can happen. But, you know, also on the same point, you know, you mentioned world title belts. Something that's happened uh, recently to Vasyl Lomachenko and to Clarissa Shields recently, you know, she would look um, absolutely fabulous, the best she has so far as a pro uh, in her win over Nikki Adler, is these world titles that come too early. Because once you become a world champion, guess what? You have nowhere to climb to. You have to continue to sit there and fight the absolute best. If not, then what you are, you have become a world champion Instead of being a world champion, you're a regional champion because you only have a regional following unless the world knows who you are. So now, you know, you got to decide, am I looking for money and glory? Am I fighting for prize money? Am I fighting for legacy or am I just fighting for prize money? You can't do both. You can do both, but you have to make a decision on which one you want to be. Vasyl Lomachenko already, as dominant as he is, people are losing a lot of interest in him. The thing, the thing with Deontay Wilder and uh, Anthony Joshua right now is everybody knows who they are. And they are in a position, both of them, to say, screw you to the, to the sanctioning bodies. And the fans will recognize the winner of that fight as the heavyweight champion. If the IBF and the WBC, well, the IBF and the WBA specifically, um, if they were not willing to let Deontay Wilder fight uh, Anthony Joshua and sanction it and threaten to strip Anthony Joshua of his belt, regardless of the uh, mandatories like uh, Cuba Pulov for the IBF, I mean for the W, yeah, uh, IBF, and the uh, WBA is Luis Ortiz, regardless of those guys, um, I, you know, I, I think that all of a sudden the WBC, who hasn't said anything, that becomes the belt, which most people want anyway, you know. So I, I think it's worse for the sanctioning bodies to, to put any kind of a stumbling block um, before this fight. But I understand your point, uh, uh, you know, and that's not the fighter's fault. The fault of the sanctioning body, there's so many belts out there, you know, anybody could say they're a world title holder. At this stage, you reach a certain level um, in boxing, and the belts don't matter anymore. Floyd Mayweather is not fighting for a belt, but yet he's still going to make uh, a boatload of cash. Manny Pacquiao, whether he fights for a belt or not, he's still going to make a lot of money, even though he, he lost to Jeff Horn. You know, I, there's certain fighters that don't need the belt anymore. There's other fighters that need the belt to get known. So it's a catch-22. In this particular case, um, you know, I, I'm not suggesting Dillian White is an easy fight for Wilder, but like you said, and that's my reasons why I say go right for Anthony Joshua because at any given time any given night a heavyweight can knock another heavyweight out and and virtually ruin his career for a lot less money uh, Deontay Wilder at this stage is in a financial position where AJ makes the most sense and that's the fight that that they should make I, I think and and you know what Cuba Pulov Luis Ortiz and any of the other, uh, Joseph Parker, any of these other fighters, you know, they're the ones that should be seeking out uh, the Dillian Whites and the, and the uh, 
uh, Ortiz's and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are the guys that have to, you know, beat one of them to get to either AJ or Deontay. In my opinion, no, that makes good sense, Bill. Yeah, no, that that does make good sense. But and there's not, and I'm not trying to disagree with anything that you're saying because you know it does make sense, and I do believe that everybody would like to see. Uh, Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua would take place sooner than later. It's just, you know, with the sport and the stumbling blocks of the politics, we know that boxing politics can be much more difficult than any world politics, you know, with uh, the leaders of countries at times. So, you know, this is more or less, in my opinion, Eddie Hearn's way of doing that marinating that Oscar De La Hoya likes to speak of so well. Whether or not it happens, we don't know. But what I do know is Dillian White will be here on the Terrence Crawford card. And so, more or less, in my opinion, that's kind of like a, a stick, you know, poking Deontay Wilder, saying, you know, we're coming here. Anthony Joshua made a visit to here, I think, around uh, during uh, Deontay Wilder's last fight. So, it's more or less, how much more can they prod you? You know, you're a sleeping bear, and you got guys poking you with a stick. When are you going to wake up and swap back? No, you're, you're right. Hey, Dax, I know it's your birthday, and I know you're getting on in age and stuff, but you got to remember... The guy who invented the marinate was Bob Arum. You keep blaming poor Oscar De La Hoya. It must be no, the age. No, it's how Oscar says it. When Oscar says marinate, it's something about Oscar De La Hoya. You don't look at anything. When he mentions the word Canelo and he mentions the word marinate, he either reminds me of some guy who's looking in a window wearing boxer shorts to the lady next door when she's sleeping, or you know, he's looking like somebody who hasn't eaten in a week or he's at a buffet because you'll see his eyes change and he just goes, it's, it's marinate. Canelo. Yeah. Like, really, Oscar, <laughs> it, it really is, you know. Go, go and look at some of the footage and what they say. Even when uh, now you're gonna company, get me go look. <laughs> even when his company, you know, when Richard Schaefer left and they were interviewing him and they were talking about, um, you know, how much damage Richard Schaefer may have uh, imposed on that company, and they were like, uh, the uh, woman was interviewing him off the top of my head. I forget who. And she says something to the effect of, but at least you still have Canelo, right? And Oscar, his eyes open wide, he goes, yes, I still have Canelo. You know, oh, yeah, we, we know, you, you got the big name, but oh, okay, Oscar, boy. you get a little too excited over this. So you know, Canelo, in some that, case, the way you act like that, Canelo was a year or two younger, you'd be on some sort of list. Yeah, but Canelo, Canelo basically is cinnamon. He was just saying he had cinnamon for the French toast, that's all, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dax, listen, uh, we got to run because everything's all messed up today with these updates. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and hopefully you can come on again uh, later in the week. Um, we got a lot of stuff to, to really talk about um, that uh, I would love to get your thoughts on uh, some uh, uh, injuries, mystery injuries and. Uh, some other nice uh, fights. You, you wouldn't be speaking about it, Darrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little about that later in the week. And some other fights that are coming. At, actually, you'll probably be ringside for uh, a couple of good young heavyweights going to battle at the uh, at Foxwoods in September. So uh, we'll uh, we'll chat about that later in the week. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be doing uh, our blast from the past. And Larry Hazard is scheduled to join us. But then Thursday and Friday, man, if you got some time, stop by. Until then, you know, I'm marinating over the new Zach Judah <laughs> uh, against the Ramal Aminov fight, and I'm marinating over the return of David Price, and I'm marinating over Fres Kendo and Alexander Ustinov. So there's a lot of marinating and a lot of excitement to go on here. So, <laughs> Listen, my man, you have a great birthday, all right? 
All right, everybody, enjoy your day. Dax, happy birthday. Take care. That's Dax Khan. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sal, it's very nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, we, we invest uh, so much time, money, and effort uh, into uh, this show and to present it in the way that we do on a daily basis. Uh, to have uh, technical glitches really pisses me off. And, um, you know, so, so we're losing... Uh, uh, our uh, our YouTube audience today, which uh, is YouTube's fault. So, uh, but uh, anyway, everybody watching us on uh, Facebook Live, uh, you guys got the show, and of course, our radio listeners and our podcast subscribers. If you guys uh, are not uh, have not subscribed to our podcast, what the hell are you waiting for? Just go to uh, our website and subscribe, uh, BillyCBoxing.com, or you can search. Uh, Billy C. Boxing or Billy C. Morning Show or Billy C. Uh, on iTunes. We're up on iTunes. Uh, or you can go to uh, khzmedia.com uh, and uh, link right from there. So uh, don't ever miss the show. You know, the one thing, Sal, is yes, that sir. no matter what, the show, even if we have problems technically with, uh, with you know, uh, different streams, uh, with the television networks, et cetera, et cetera. There's always one version of this show that never fails. I shouldn't be saying that because it'll fail today, but it never fails. The version that we send to the radio net stations and the podcast version always gets done. It's the main print of the show. And uh, FYI for all you guys out there that uh, get pissed. I got these emails. What happened? Where do I get the first half hour of the show from yesterday? Now today they're going to go, how come it's only a half hour? You know, what happened to the show? But uh, anyway, you know, you know how hard it is, right? I, man, I'll tell you, Bill, you know, when you're up at 5, 530 and you're, you're, you're putting the show together and, and it's 5, 530 in the morning. And you're putting the show together, and you're looking at all the news available to you to to document, to to verify, to to co- correlate, and and make it sensible, and, and and everything else, and to have your lineup and your format and the itinerary. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, you know, you do a tremendous job, and I congratulate you because I do know how hard it is and how difficult it is, and it's a beautiful show. Uh, and you do a fantastic job. So congratulations and keep up the work. Jeez, I got to send you some money after that. I mean, God, I was looking forward, Yogi. I was, I feel a little bad after that. But uh, <laughs> hey, listen, before we hang it up today, um, I, I got an email from my man Mitch, and the the topic was or is from the letter I sent to Bob Bennett and the Nevada State Athletic Commission. That Bob Bennett, the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, has failed. He, do, he doesn't have the hair on his balls to respond to the letter or the email. Um, but yet, there was an article written. I'm not going to mention the website because I'm not going to promote anybody other websites. But he did address the same issues that I asked. Now, Mitch sent me an email saying this was a response to Billy C. without having to call Billy C., and, uh, you know, basically, I'll just tell you guys what it says. Um, according to this article, Bob Bennett has been influenced by several factors, and this is all stemming from why he's approved this fight, uh, which uh, include uh, Floyd Mayweather's age uh, of 40 compared to McGregor being 28, and the fact that Mayweather's been inactive, and the fact that McGregor's a pound-for-pound fighter in MMA 
and the fact that he's known for his ability to strike. Um, his quote was, and this is Bob Bennett, he says, I understand completely why some people don't agree with my approval of this fight. He says, uh, boxing and MMA are two different, completely different disciplines. But as a regulator, this ended up on my desk and I had to find a way to approve or not to approve it. In this day and age, you have to change with the times. This is a fight between two warriors. It's an approach, uh, approvable boxing match. I see no reason not to approve it. McGregor has not had one amateur fight as a boxer. I understand your position. But first off, McGregor is a taller, larger, longer, stronger, younger fighter. No one is the same at 35 or 40. There are enough reasons that Connor is a provable, worthy opponent. He's primarily known as in MMA as a striker, and he's arguably the best MMA fighter out there. Well, I think it's a BS response, Sal, because we still, the issue here is the fact that Floyd Mayweather, regardless of his age, has made a career and a successful one at that by avoiding the attacks of fighters, specifically boxers, who have been in the business their whole life. And nobody's been able to touch Floyd. What makes Bob Bennett or Conor McGregor, for that matter, or any of the fans that happen to be interested in this fight, really think that Conor McGregor is going to be able to land a substantial punch on Floyd Mayweather? To me, this becomes a safety issue for Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is going to punch wildly. Floyd's going to be doing what he does, avoiding those punches, getting out of harm's way, and eventually Conor McGregor is going to tire himself out, and Floyd who can't knock anybody out unless it's a woman, is going to end up knocking out Conor McGregor. So I totally think that the truth of the matter here is simple. It's called money, Sal. Bob Bennett approved this fight because of the money that the commission is going to pull in from it and the rest of the city of Las Vegas. And let's face it, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has a commitment to the city of Las Vegas. So you can sugarcoat it, you can twist it, you can bend it, you could say whatever you want, but the truth here is money. This was not a fight that should have been approved as a real fight. I've said all alone, along, as an exhibition, I got no problem with the fight. I don't have a problem with a fighter boxing a, a, a kangaroo or a gorilla if it's an exhibition. You know, and I don't have any problem with an MMA fighter fighting a boxer as an MM, as a uh, exhibition. If Conor McGregor had at least fought three, four fights as a pro, uh, I would have no problem. But no fights as a pro, no fights as an amateur. Let's approve it. I'm sorry, Sal. It doesn't fly with me. Well, and that's what we've said all along. And, uh, you know, it, you have all the good talking points and you have all the valid reasons. And, and I agree with you 100%. And then, you know, like when I talked to my buddy there, Bobby Chess, Bobby Chess said this is the reason why they approved it. Because they're both striker sports and Bob Bennett uh, just clearly stated the same uh, things that Bobby was saying. And so, uh, you know, Bobby must have talked to uh, to. Bob Bennett before uh, he even made a decision because Bobby spewed out exactly the same reasons that Bob Bennett had in his press. And uh, I'm not saying I I agree. I'm just saying that's how he, in his mind, 
was able to valid, uh, validate this fight to be sanctioned as a real boxing match. I don't agree with it. I agree with your stance and your your uh, your arsenal of of, uh, of uh, topics there. But I do see why, how, where, and when, and uh, that's what we're going to be given that night. And yes, Conor McGregor does have a puncher's chance. And Conor McGregor, I'm sure Bob Bennett also took into consideration that Floyd Mayweather can't break an egg. So how hurt can he get from Floyd Mayweather fighting? So, you know, these things come into play. And uh, But I do see the fight, just as you said. If uh, Conor McGregor does not hurt Floyd in the first or second round by either running over the side of the ring, throwing up his arms, winning through punches, and just brutalizing uh, and hitting Floyd wherever he can, uh, with an arsenal and a barrage of punches, that's the only chance I see him doing anything. And if he doesn't make it ugly and make it effective, he's he's going to be outboxed. He's going to be outsmarted. He's going to be outpunched. And by the sixth round, he's going to be looking for an oxygen tank. And by the eighth round, whether he could still stand on his own because he's so fatigued and out of condition, that Floyd Mayweather is going to tap him and the guy's going to go down. And that's 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 how I see it. And he's not going to feel too bad because he's going to be a hundred million dollars richer well, when he bingo, gets up. Bingo, bingo! Exactly. Everybody wins, and that's why this fight was approved. But it shouldn't have been. It everybody could have. Everybody else. It, it could have been. Everyone could have made out fine, and it would have been an exhibition. There's nothing wrong with that. They would have sold the same. And incidentally. They got thousands of seats still available. They're starting oh, to get yeah. nervous. Be- and there's a lot of people that aren't buying it. And and that they all showed up no. for the press conferences because that was the entertaining. The fight itself is anticlimactic. It's going to be more boring than the Pacquiao fight. You watch. You watch. Uh, you watch. The casino is going to have to buy these tickets. They're going to have to hand them out to their high rollers. That's it, man. Well, well that, that's it, a problem. That's a problem because they'll never. They'll all they'll create is is fans that'll never watch boxing. This fight, this fight, Mayweather, in my opinion, has done a terrific job in ruining the sport of boxing while his reign because of his style, his boring style, the fact that he's so successfully financial. Everybody is trying to copy him. So, you know, we have this, this you know, snowball effect. And, you know, the truth of the matter is there's only one Floyd. He was successful at it. And, and I'm not blaming him for everybody trying to copy him because it's not like he's telling everybody to copy him. But uh, but the truth is the truth. But anyway, Sal, I look forward to tomorrow's show. Hopefully uh, we'll, get, we'll get this week kicked off with, uh, with, the, with the right show and uh, the right things working and all that crap. But uh, today was very frustrating, and I apologize for that. I know you had a <clears throat> late night, but uh, uh, the truth of the matter is... no idea. Yeah, the truth <laughs> of the matter is uh, we did it. And uh, you guys, uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Uh, we are going to have our uh, blast from the past, uh, which is uh, going to be Gene Fulmer, and uh, we will uh, be back. We got Larry Hazard scheduled. We got some emails to read. We got some news to talk about. So uh, make sure that we don't. We're going to do it tomorrow. Sal. Sal's got his story okay. that uh, he's going to tell. I just want to make sure you remember. And I do remember. It's just <laughs> that I want you. Hey. Teacher, oh teacher. Listen, teacher. I want teacher. the video <laughs> shot of you doing the story. They're not getting it now. So okay. you know, I'm trying to help. You. I'm it. trying to help you out, man. You know, hey, you're the best. You're the best. That's why. That's why. That's why you're the manager. Hey, you're listen, the host. We want to make sure that everybody <laughs> tunes in tomorrow morning, same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, ciao, baby.